Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and it is Illinois Week Day, whatever it may be, 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's in the background. I say Illinois, and uh, and she gets upset. When we were dating in 2005, uh, one of our first dates was to Disneyland, our first trip together, and I made her go to ESPN Zone and watch the Illinois game with me. And that was also the first night that we fought because she let an Illinois fan, when I got up, she invited an Illinois fan up to drink wine with her at the table. And I came back and I said, what the F are you doing? And <laughs> I got really mad. And the woman sat at the end of the game and the game ended. We're not going to go into details. And I sat on the floor of ESPN zone for 10 minutes and basically didn't talk to her the rest of the night. She was she was an old lady, <laughs> says, but um, now we're married, so she gets me. Um, but that's all we're ever going to talk about the 2005 game again. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, it's uh, it's time to talk about Saturday's game versus Illinois. At the time of this recording, the spread for the game is not out. I said that I believe it'll be a pick 'em. I could see Illinois being favored by one point, and I know some people got really mad at me uh, when I said that on the message board. And let me clarify a little bit. I don't think that Illinois is a better team than Arizona. I don't care what happens on Saturday, barring a complete blowout. If Illinois wins by five points, two points, it doesn't show me that it's a better team than Arizona. This is Arizona's first true authentic road game. I don't count Corvallis. Um, It's a tough place to play, but once you're in there in the stadium, it's obviously not as loud as Illinois is going to be. Um, It's a further trip. It's an earlier game on a Saturday afternoon, hostile environment. Arizona's running over everyone. Um, It has the makings of of a close game. If Arizona played Illinois at McHale, Arizona would win. If they played on a neutral court, Arizona would win. At Illinois, I think that people forget um, that it is difficult to win in college basketball on the road. And it's not impossible, obviously. And Arizona still has a very good chance of winning this game. And I'll give you my prediction at the end. Um, But it's not easy to go on the road in a hostile environment against a physical team with one of the best players in the country and win that game. And and I was talking to a coach of another team uh, in the Pac-12 the other day. And we were discussing um, Arizona's schedule. And, you know, I said if Arizona went 2-2, uh, two and two, you know, against Tennessee, against Illinois, Tennessee, USC, and UCLA, um, it's one of the top five teams in the country. I don't think people understand how difficult it is to win on the road against good teams. Um, you know, you take a look at, at Purdue-Rutgers, right? And, I mean, it, it was a home game for Rutgers, and they, they beat Purdue. This is the same Rutgers team that lost by... 
uh, 35 to Illinois. That lost to Lafayette and UMass in DePaul. That needed overtime to beat Lehigh. That scored 48 points against Merrimack. Okay, <laughs> so um, beat Purdue, right? So that that's kind of helps the case that I have that it is difficult uh, to win on the road, and it's not necessarily a knock on Arizona if it doesn't win this game, barring you know a complete meltdown. In terms of matchups, I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped to, to there's there's a a few individual mashups that are really good in this game. It's going to be very interesting to see how Arizona attacks this defensively. Do they put you know Dalen Terry on Trent Frazier? Do they put Kerr on Trent Frazier and have Dalen guard Alfonso Plummer? Uh, what do they do, right? And, and so that to me is going to be key. Let's assume for the breakdown, you know, that, uh, on radio here, podcast, that Kerr is going to guard Trent Frazier. That's a fun matchup. Um, Kerr is the better offensive player. He is the better passer, you know, but but Frazier really makes that team kind of go. Um, he's a good defender. He He's going to be able to guard Creasa um, at a pretty decent clip. He has the ability to score. He had 18 points against Iowa. But that's not what his game is known for. Um, and, and that's proof. He had zero against Cincinnati, zero against Kansas State, seven Notre Dame, six Rutgers, right? So he's not a big scorer. If he scores a lot of points and it's efficient against Arizona, um, Arizona's in trouble. Now, to be fair, in Marquette, when uh, Kofi was out of the game, Frazier um, took more of a, a scoring role in, in that game when Kofi was hurt and, and scored 23 points. The difference was that he had, and we'll get to this in a second, Andre Carbello um, next to him. I'm assuming that Andre Carbello's not going to be able to play. Um, he's kind of taken a life of his own a, a little bit this season and <laughs> in, in people stating his importance, but this was still a dude that um, was only playing 22 minutes, was shooting 30%, was averaging four turnovers. So yeah, he averages five and a half assists, but he also averages four turnovers. Last year, he also scored, you know, nine points. And it, when you're going up and down the court and you're averaging four turnovers in four games, um, you know, five turnovers against Cincinnati, seven turnovers against Marquette, yeah, he's good. But, man, like, it, it's kind of taken a life of his own, his importance to this team. Um, you know, is he more important to Illinois than Kim Aiken is to Arizona? Probably, yeah. Is he the difference between winning and losing? I, I just I don't see how you make the case – that a nine-point score on 30% shooting, and even last year a nine-point score a game, is the difference between winning and losing. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. To me, when you look at the guards, I think you can make a very good case that the best chance that Illinois has of winning this game is if it gets another heroic effort out of Alfonso Plummer. Um, credit Alfonso Plummer, the Utah transfer, started out with eight points per game, jumped up to 13.6, and then this season is is up to 15.8 points a game and doing it efficiently. Shooting 47% from the field, shooting 43% from behind the arc, and he's 28 of 28 from the free throw line. Only turning the ball over twice a game. Not a big assist guy. That's not his game, but he can score um, in bunches. And so, in my opinion, when you look at Plummer's game, you can make a very good solid argument that he's actually the most important guy for Arizona to stop. Frazier's unlikely to go off, you would assume. Kofi is kind of the type of guy that's going to get his, 
But Alfonso Plummer goes out and scores 20 points, Arizona's in trouble. Um, and, you, and you take a look at the losses, like Cincinnati, uh, six points, loss. Marquette, two points, loss. And yeah, he's a different player now. 21 against Kansas State. Um, he had 21 against Notre Dame, but, you know, he's 5 of 15 against Notre Dame. So if he's going to score 20 and shoot 5 of 15, you're cool with that if you're Arizona because that's not efficient. Um, 24 against Rutgers, 21 um, uh, against Iowa. So uh, it's it's a unique situation with, with Plummer, and you take a look at what he did against Arizona, completely different team, but at 12 points last season. But to me, he's kind of the guy, right? Like if he goes off, um, you know, they're – Arizona's in trouble. So what do you do? Well, you could put Dale and Terry on him because he's not a guy that's going to go in there and, you know, shoot a lot of twos. He shoots quite, quite a few threes. You take a look at his stats this season. Um, he's attempted 91 shots in the field. 65 are from three. Put Dale and Terry on him. Mix it up a little bit. Very similar to um, how Arizona defended Wyoming, kind of switched things up there. Uh, moving on, DeMonte Williams uh, versus Ben Mathurin, I assume. Um, the reason is you want to keep Mathurin in the game offensively, and DeMonte Williams is 100% not a scorer, has never been a scorer. His career average is 3.8 points per game in four seasons and whatever we've had so far. That's not his game, right? He's just he's not going to be a big scorer. Um, against Jacksonville State, he got excited and shot 11 times in 30 minutes and still only finished with eight points scoreless against Marquette two against Cincinnati three four four six three right not a score what he does do is rebound uh, for a guy that's six three he is a very good rebounder he averages 6.3 rebounds a game will throw in 3.4 assists he is a complete liability offensively but on the glass he makes up for that um, 11 rebounds against Marquette 10 against Cincinnati um, he will attack the glass and so that is going to be Ben's biggest responsibility uh, Williams is a physical player, but I just don't see how he has the speed and overall athleticism to guard Mathurin. To me, that is the biggest mismatch on the court for Arizona. I just don't see how Williams stays in front of him. I'm very curious to see how Brad Underwood um, approaches that matchup because Illinois does not have uh, a guy on that team. Now, maybe he plays Williams less um, and, and kind of mixes it up. But even then, like, they don't have a deep bench. So their option would be to put Grandison in uh, at 6'6", 210. He's long and athletic. So this could be a game where um, I know I'm going to the bench, but Grandison plays a little bit more than the 20 minutes he averages. Um, he, he averages 12.5 points per game. He's been shooting very well, much better than uh, he's been doing it career-wise. So he's, like, hitting 48% of his threes. Um, but he's normally a 36% shooter. So he's a guy where I could see with his length and athleticism, maybe guarding Ben a little bit more, but I'm still not sure how successful it's going to be. Um, another matchup is Coleman Hawkins, uh, 6'10 forward going against uh, Azulis Tubelis. Tubelis is a stronger player uh, by far. Um, I know Hawkins is a little taller or whatever it may be, but um, it, it by far, Tubelis is a, a stronger player than Hawkins, and Hawkins is only playing 25 minutes a game. And the big reason is he fouls quite a bit, and he turns the ball over. He's basically a poor man's Grand EK, um, <laughs> in the sense where um, he's probably not as skilled, but uh, he he has his strengths, but he also has some, some pretty apparent weaknesses. He's a good passer, uh, averages 2.6 assists per game, 
um, and, and, and really, you know, he was a solid player in high school and has done a nice job of, of taking that jump um, and averaging 11.2 points a game and seven rebounds on 58% shooting in five games at home. Uh, he is a solid player. He does tend to struggle a little bit with size. The teams he picks on, for instance, size and physicality. Cincinnati took him out of that game completely. He had four fouls. Marquette, he had five turnovers and three fouls and took 12 shots and scored 13 points. Um, Kansas State, six points, three fouls, three turnovers. Um, Iowa, smaller team, no coincidence, but he fouled out. Um, he is not fast with his feet. And against an Arizona team that can really draw bigs out in that situation, um, uh, Tubelas should be able to get the better of him. I, I think this is a good matchup for Tubelas. He should be physical. Uh, Coleman it, Hawkins runs the court pretty well, but he's not like a super athlete. Like he's not, um, it, let me let me kind of rephrase. He can run the court. He can get in transition. He had a nice dunk recently, but he's not the type of big that is going to be able to stay in front of you defensively. There's two types of athleticism. And, and so there's a reason why he fouls a lot. There's a reason why he turns the ball over a lot for a big man. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona kind of tries to take advantage of that um, a little bit. The big matchup, the one that everyone wants to see, is Kofi, Cock Kofi Coburn, uh, the Illinois center, going against Christian Coloco. And so Coloco has struggled a little bit offensively the last few games. Defensively, he's been fine. He was in foul trouble last game against Graham Ike, who is obviously very good. Um, Coburn is as good as it gets, right? He's better than Hunter Dickinson. We talked about that matchup and how it would put Coloco on a national stage. This is another one of those matchups. You know, if, if Coloco outplays Kofi, all of a sudden we're talking about Coloco as a very legitimate first round moving on up type of draft pick. Uh, Kofi is is a monster, right? He's just, he's seven foot. He's he's 280 at least. Um, he, and he's he's gotten better each season. Now he's he'll play about 30 minutes, uh, averages 23 points per game, 12 rebounds, 65% from the field. All his numbers are up. They've gone up every year that he's been in college, and he's one of those cases where he's a big dude. We don't know what type of place there is for him in the NBA, but in college he's a he's a hell to deal with, right? And, and, and some of the numbers that he's put up this year, uh, 28 against Notre Dame, 38 um, against everybody's favorite team, Rio Grande Valley, 23-13 and 13 against Kansas State, didn't play against Marquette. Um, and, and so he is a complete load, and I'm curious to see how Tommy Lloyd chooses to guard him. Um, what Arizona's done is they've doubled the post because their athleticism allows to rotate quickly, um, and they did a really nice job of that against Wyoming when they needed to, and then they kind of mixed it up with size. Um, Frazier's not a great shooter. Williams isn't a great shooter. The biggest issue with that would be Plummer. And so if you double with the big and you have Ben stay on Plummer and, and kind of go with him wherever, or Dalen or whoever it may be, um, you're challenging Illinois' guards to do something that they, they really don't do a lot of. And, and that's, you know, kind of shoot it at a high percentage. And you're basically daring them, um, you know, to shoot the three. And they'll shoot threes. All right, they, they don't have any prom. It's just that their, their overall rate that they're hitting at um, isn't great. So they're, they're hitting 36% of the team. Um, they've taken 222 threes. You know, they've got guys like Coleman, not Coleman Hawkins, sorry, but Coleman Hawkins has taken 26 threes in May 7. There's no reason for Coleman Hawkins to take 26 threes. 
right? Trent Frazier, 42. Grandison, 31. Plummer, 65. You're cool with that if you're Arizona. And if Illinois is hot, um, then you're in trouble anyway, right? If they're hot from three or two or whatever it may be, you're in trouble anyway. So my guess is they just they throw different looks at them. They double. They sag off. Um, they could do it like they did Hunter Dickinson, where, yeah, Hunter might take a jump or two, um, but they completely sagged off him and clogged the lane. And if Hunter wanted to shoot, so be it. He didn't want to shoot, and it didn't work. Uh, Kofi's not going to shoot either. And so maybe Arizona sags, and, and if he wants to work the post from wherever he is, so be it. Um, but he, that's not really how they use him either. They're going to run him off screens defensively and try to get him into open space. This is the type of game, and I think Tommy Lloyd kind of hinted at it, where maybe they go a little smaller, where even though Illinois is a pretty solid rebounding team, they go a little smaller, and they try to get Kofi in the open court and maybe get him into some foul trouble. He had four fouls against Kansas State. He had four fouls against Notre Dame, three against Iowa. It's not impossible. It's difficult. He's, he's He knows what he's doing, um, but it's something you know to, to kind of keep an eye on. In terms of analytics, um, you know, we look at Ken Palm, which is starting to, to really adjust themselves. Two-point favorite at home, Illinois is 57%, which really isn't that big of a deal. Uh, offensive efficiency, 14th. Defensive, 28th. Um, average tempo, 151. So they'll run a little bit. Uh, the key is that they don't really force turnovers, um, and they, they can get um, caught with some turnovers. Like, they, they turn the ball over 16 times a game. That's a lot. And so Arizona is going to try to get on their guards. And then that's what we kind of said before that, um, you know, defensively um, they don't hold it, – it's a situation where they don't force a lot of turnovers, but they turn the ball over a lot. They are not good in that. They don't steal the ball. Um, they're, they're poor in non-steal turnover percentage, um, but they're they're solid passing team. Assisted field goals made is 20th. Defense, they, they take that away from you. That's something that they want to do. Um, they've got the experience. And so it, it, it feels like a, a Wyoming situation, Not, it, but obviously Illinois is better where Wyoming had a couple good players and ran into a buzzsaw, and those numbers that were kind of inflated against bad teams um, didn't really come to fruition. Illinois isn't Wyoming, clearly better, but you still look at that Cincinnati game, and I don't, I don't care if it was um, you know, Kofi's first game back. You look at the Rio Grande Valley team, um, yeah, they were missing a few players, but we all saw that team. That was a bad team. The Iowa game was cool until Iowa got annihilated by Iowa State. But then you look at the Rutgers game. Rutgers beats Purdue, and Illinois kills them. Illinois is a very good team at home. That's what it comes down to. That is the difference in this game. That's it. Arizona is a better team. The difference is that one game is at Illinois, and one you know that's the home team. With that being said. I'm picking Arizona. <laughs> um, I, I sent in my article to the Illinois site. should be up there today. Um, but the reason I picked Arizona is that basically it comes down to the guard. So the, the, the only true road game was Oregon State, and it's not comparable, as I said earlier. So the question is, when the going gets tough against a physical team, can Arizona respond well? And Arizona's responded well to everything. It could have, you know, screwed up against Wichita State when it went cold and Wichita made that big run. And again, that really wasn't as close as the final score indicated. I know a lot of Illinois fans are saying, oh, Wichita played them close. Anybody that saw that game know that it was more Arizona than anything. Um, if Arizona keeps its composure, I just don't know how Illinois wins this game. 
Uh, it, it, and Kofi's probably going to get his. But I think that Tommy Lloyd is going to have the defensive strategy to shut down the guards. I'm assuming Corbello doesn't play. There's not a lot of guard depth that Illinois has. And Arizona's guard matchups have been successful all year. I think we'll have moments where Arizona lets up a run or two. I think we'll have moments where Arizona looks great. At the end of the day, I think there's more moments where Arizona looks good than bad. And that's why I'm picking them to win 80-76. to 76. Um, And I've said this before. They go 2-2 two and two on this span. Uh, it's outstanding. If they go 4-0, and and I'm dead serious when I say this, if they go 4-0 and in this span, they're the best team in the country. I don't care about anyone else. They're, and they, sh- they will be number one, I think, if they go 4-0 in, in that, that road span. But one at a time, Illinois is up next. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a physical game. We're all going to yell at the refs, one of those types of games. Um, but hopefully the post game, uh, we, we continue to talk about another Arizona win. So with that being said, I'm Jason Shear, Wildcat Scoop Podcast, Wildcat Authority. A lot of news coming in the next week or so. Football signing day if you're into football. If not, plenty of basketball coming up. Uh, so once again, thanks for joining us. Bear down.